Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast from Tailless Media. I'm Andy Davis, and this is episode 15. I hope everyone out there is doing okay and keeping well. I am still sheltering from the world in my loft, waiting for the end of the coronavirus and the subsequent inevitable rise of the machines and killer robots from the future. We've got a couple of great guests on the podcast today. First up, we're going to talk marketing again, this time with expert Nadine de Chenu, and she's talking about using the time you have to plan marketing goals for the future. And then we have Tom Reynolds, who is the Chief Executive of the Bathroom Manufacturers Association, and he's got some really interesting points to make about how that side of the sector is being affected by all this. Also, as always, I want to know how you're doing. Please get in touch with us if you've got any interesting points of view or stories from the KBB frontline. In particular, I really want to know if you've been getting any inquiries or any new jobs coming through from clients. I'd love to get you on the podcast to tell your story. Find me on LinkedIn as Andrew Davis at Taylor's Media or email me, andrewdavis at taylorsmedia.com and that email address is in the episode description. Of course, here's your shameless plug for us and an announcement, if you haven't seen it, that the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2020 Lockdown Special contest is now open. I've got to say it that way. It's a special conceptual design competition for anyone stuck at home who wants to exercise their creative muscles. You can now download the full brief at kbbreview.com forward slash awards. And remember, it's totally free to enter. It's open to anyone who wants to have a go and any design methods are allowed. CAD, pencils, crayons, plasticine, Meccano, I don't care as long as it's packed with imagination. There are two categories, one for concept design of the year and one for under-16s concept design of the year. So yes, your stuck-at-home kids can have a go too. So that's kbbreview.com forward slash awards for all the info. I'm also running a prize pool and you can see the full rundown of the prizes and all the generous brands that have put them up at that address too, especially the under-16s prizes. They're amazing. If anyone wants to donate a prize to put in the pot, I'll make sure you get plenty of public thanks. Just get in touch. Andrew Davis at TaylorsMedia.com or on LinkedIn. Okay, let's talk marketing again. I think people have really appreciated so far the uh, conversation we've had around marketing. I want to have a look now a little bit more on, on what we can plan in terms of marketing rather than what we should be doing in the here and now. So down the line, I think we've got Nadine Additionu. Nadine, are you there? I'm here, yep. Hello. Now, you're from NR Media. You're a, a marketing company, but tell us a little bit about what you do. I've worked in the KB sector for almost 20 years. Um, having been employed in that sector for quite a lot of that time, I decided to take the plunge and become self-employed and now run NR Media. We focus our efforts on helping a lot of different KBB businesses with their marketing and their sales strategies. We focus on being benefit-driven, focusing on that side of the marketing and also feature a lot of content marketing along with helping businesses to analyse what they're doing and looking at how they can improve. We're particularly passionate about the success of independent retailers within the industry. Right, which is fantastic, which is exactly why we're here. Now, we've talked, we've done some bits and bobs on marketing so far in these episodes, but it's been very much down to what you can do in the here and now. I want to start talking a little bit more about how you plan things in a much sort of longer scale thing, because as we've said already, people are being gifted time here to do all the things that they keep meaning to do so here's our opportunity to really get into the bare bones of what marketing is and how you plan it to achieve some long-term goals so over to you really Nadine what do you think people should be doing here now to plan those longer-term marketing goals okay I mean I think uh, obviously the, the first important thing to say is about communication we all know that it's vital in any business but right now when no one really knows what's going on I think it's imperative to keep in contact with your customers whether that's across social media 
via print advertisements in the local newspapers, which is something that perhaps people aren't thinking about quite as much at the moment, via your email communication, and obviously on your website. Make sure there's something on your website pointing out that you're still open for business, even if it is in a remote sense. I think a lot of consumers won't perhaps realise that they can still get their designs created without stepping into the showroom. There's a lot of talk at the moment about consumers having financial concerns, and they need to be dealt with sensitively. There obviously is going to be a lot of worries out there for everybody, really. There's a lot of talk in the industry about uh, consumer spending being transferred from holidays to home renovation. And I think that's absolutely true. And hopefully the industry will see a boom later on this year or early next year. And there's plenty of ways that you can market that opportunity. I don't think it's a good time to bluntly say, right, now you've cancelled that holiday, We'll, we'll have your cash instead. And I have seen a few independence using that kind of message and I, I think it might just be a little bit too soon right now. I think there's a good opportunity at the moment to focus on how important family is to us, how at times like this we realise what's really important to us as humans and I think taking that slightly more holistic approach to customers is quite important, focusing on safety, security, the comfort to win them over. Moving forward it's important for businesses to have goals and to look at what you're trying to achieve and you need to plan your marketing accordingly. I know for a lot of small businesses, it can be a bit of a a spare-of-the-moment decision to do anything marketing-wise. So now is the ideal time to sit down and analyse everything that you're doing. I'd advise that people are looking at their customers, you know, try try working out exactly what your typical customer is, and does your marketing appeal to them? I think sometimes we're all guilty of forgetting that sometimes, aren't we? We get very caught up in what our business is, and we think we know it inside out. I think it's quite useful to, to be looking at the consumer's buying criteria, making sure that we, we all fill those. Give us a way of how you would start doing that, if that's something you're unfamiliar with. Is it? I mean, a lot of it would exist in your own head, I'm guessing, of just the kind of people that come through your door. But how would you yeah, start yeah. even you know, defining what that is in a way that would help you plan marketing? I think it's important to you, know, you kind of look at your, your average consumer who's coming in. You need to be looking at them. Um, there's no point advertising I don't know, the, the swankiest of modern style kitchens, if your average customer coming in is a family. You know, the, the two perhaps aren't going to be relating to each other. So I think uh, working out who your, your general customer is and trying to fit your marketing, the language you use, the images you're using, need to be fitting around that. You need to be looking at what your customers are gaining by choosing your business. You know, what is it that they're really looking for? And try and make sure that you focus on those. You know, find, work out your USPs, focus on those and make sure that all of your marketing that you're putting out there features those USPs. I'm a, a big advocate of numbers and looking for patterns in human behaviour. So I really recommend that people start analysing what they're doing. There's a lot of talk about using social media at the moment, which is obviously vital when people aren't getting out and about. But we need to, everyone should be looking well at their, their social media systems and, and looking to see what's working for them. Analyzing social and digital marketing in particular is vital. Things like looking at the time of day you post, obviously that will affect your engagement. You know, you can either be playing around with that yourself or there's very useful analytics provided by most social media platforms. You could be using those. There's plenty of social media management systems that you could be using. So you actually start planning out your social media platform systems and the content rather than just ad hoc putting stuff in just as you think it would work. So it's just being a little bit more planning rather than reactive all the time. Yeah, and following the numbers, like you say, if that type of kitchen or that type of bathroom gets the most response, keep doing it. 
Yes, absolutely. You know, you can pick up very quickly on what's liked, what isn't liked, but it just takes time, you know, to actually sit and think these things through. And unfortunately, most of us don't get the time to do that. I think it's imperative that small businesses take the time right now to to start working out their plans, analysing their data, looking at the emails that they're sending out. You know, everything that goes out, whether or not it's their website, it's magazine adverts, emails from the staff, are they really up to scratch? Are they talking about the business in the way that you want the business to be coming across? Have you thought of a particular personality that you want the business to be having? That's interesting, isn't it? Because personality is, is come up very strongly in lots of the conversations we've had here. And obviously, they, a lot of the time, they reflect the personality of the owner very much, um, yeah. as, as well yeah. as understanding who your target audience is. But I guess it's, it's, it's quite introspective, isn't it? Sometimes people find introspection quite difficult. To, to how would you define the personality of your business? Because you're so, you're so, you live it every day. It, it's a hard thing to, to write down. It is, absolutely. But I guess we all, most people have an idea as to how they want to come across, whether or not they want to be seen as being very professional and formal, whether they want to be seen as being slightly more relaxed and friendly and approachable. Um, I think at the moment there's a great opportunity for positive PR and goodwill stories. Um, perhaps retailers should be looking at whether or not they can offer something to their community. You know, uh, we've seen quite often at the moment that there's been a number of businesses who have made some not wisest of decisions shall we say at the moment and yeah. uh, they're reaping the negative feedback across social media it could be, well be that you know uh, retailers are, are offering community if there's issues if they've got a plumbing issue or an appliance failure can they be offering to help out and assist those kind of positive decisions that are being made in the local community i think will be wise for a, a long-term positive profile within the area what is the effective number to measure these kind of things? With is it leads? Is it followers? Is it likes? What what do you think is the best metric to use? I'm certainly not likes and and comments, which I think is what everyone's really looking for on social media. It is looking at engagement. It's looking at uh, the the number of people who have actually seen your posts. I think everyone dreams of having thousands of people interacting with with a post that you put out there. But the reality is, people really don't interact that much. But they will see it. They will read it. It just takes, you know, an awful lot more to get someone to actually respond to things. Um, and I think companies can often feel quite downhearted that they've not got a response and perhaps give up. Um, but as long as your your numbers are there, as long as you're seeing that it's being viewed by quite a lot of people, that it's going out there, then it's really important to keep that going. Part of long-term planning is about setting yourself goals that you can reach or you can measure yourself by. And understanding yeah. what a reasonable measure is in an area like social media is really quite difficult, isn't it? It is, yeah, absolutely. It depends from business to business, um, area to area. So it, it, I think uh, quite often people pick another co- company that might be a, a slightly larger brand than themselves and then try and measure against it and then feel as though they're coming up short. Um, you know, social media is just one aspect of marketing. Obviously, people can be sending out their own digital emails to, to company to uh, consumers. They can be looking at their advertising that they're doing. There's, there's lots of other things they can be doing. The argument is the same, isn't it? If you send an email out, it's how many people have clicked on it. Uh, and it's, yes. it's, it's understanding yes, what, what, what is a reasonable measure of success with these things. Because as you say, if you get a 3% response rate, you might think, oh, that hasn't worked. But actually, 3% might be a very good response rate for that kind of marketing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the vital thing with email marketing in particular is, and at this point in time, it, there's no reason why not to, is to pick up the phone. Uh, I know it's something we might, might not want to be doing. 
uh, and a lot of people aren't so keen on it these days. But certainly if you're sending out emails to your existing customers or to people who you know were interested a short while ago, reach out to them, drop them an email, and then just pick up the phone and have a chat with them. Not in a salesy, you know, are you going to be doing business way, but just in a, is everything okay? We are still open. If there's anything we can do, get in touch with us. Do you think the way people interact with marketing or with businesses will change as a result of this whole shutdown? I think. Do you think more people who perhaps weren't very digitally savvy to begin with will become much more so and that will become a new normal again? Yes, I think so. Um, I think people are realising that when you can't see customers face-to-face that you've got to rely on uh, all these other uh, methods available to you. I think we'll have a change in the style of marketing. Um, I've always been quite passionate about content marketing, so helping to educate your customers about products, letting them understand the benefits of what you're trying to sell them. Because I think when someone understands it, they're far more likely to buy into it. They don't feel pressured into to making the decision. It becomes quite logical and obvious that if I buy this, I benefit because of that. So I think marketing will move more and more into that style of things. One of the, the USPs that independents have and that they probably don't utilise enough is themselves, pushing themselves forward as a yes. personality or as an, as an individual as opposed to a faceless shop. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, if you're a family-run business, advertise that fact. Why not? You know, a lot more people are trying to support the high street these days. They see the benefit in, in supporting families who are running businesses. Um, you know, the, the personality that you'll be putting across is, is really important. And if you're known as being a member of the community and you're trying to help everybody, then, you know, that, that says, speaks volumes about your business. One of the things that uh, a few people have brought up with me is video. And a lot of people, have, I've spoken to a few people actually who, who have kit lying around that they haven't quite got around to using yet to make some videos to stick up on YouTube or whatever. But that, that comes down to that, isn't it? It's that the video of the individual being the expert, getting their personality across and using that as a, as a way to talk to the audience. Yeah, and I think at the moment it's even more vital than normal. If you think about it, everyone's stuck at home, they're looking for, for ways to entertain themselves. So, you know, video on social media right now is going to prove incredibly popular. Why not do videos of, of your showroom, walk around areas, show off the various sets that you have in there, show exactly how things work, talk about the importance of it give them a a lifestyle scenario and help them understand what they could be after. I think at the moment we know that everyone's cooped up indoors. All those little niggles that we have about our homes are going to become bigger problems. And particularly if they're families, they might be looking at the spaces with fresh eyes and a different perspective about how everyone works together. So I think by the time this is all over, people will be looking for for a home improvement. They get the videos in there, get them understanding the products get them uh, ready and, and waiting to start as soon as we can well here's what i'm thinking nadine how's this sound okay kitchen showrooms bathroom showrooms but exercise for the kids yeah yeah it's basically yeah. it's basically joe wicks but in a kitchen showroom and as as, <laughs> as he's jumping around right he just sort of points at the boiling water tap or whatever as you know <laughs> yeah, subliminally why? <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah. Put those uh, put those ideas into people's minds. Yeah. That or um, cooking shows seem to be taking off at the yes. moment too. Yeah, but why not? I mean, the, the, yeah, these, absolutely. These, these are all the things that people love, aren't they? I think we've we've come up with yeah. something there, Nadine. We've, we don't say it too loudly because people will nick our <laughs> idea. I think that's really really good stuff. Again, we're, again, we're going to do more and more marketing stuff. I think as the weeks go on in this thing, just to try and lead through what stages people should be at in their planning how to set goals. I think that's a really important uh, way or an exit out of this whole uh, situation that we're in. So we will come back to you, but, Nadine, 
the most important question of all. You know it's coming. I hope you've prepared. What is your what is your most positive feel good song? What is your deserted kitchen island disc? Well, I've had to think about this. I'm a I'm a big music fan, so I puzzled over it and I thought, you know, there's an opportunity here to pick something cool and obscure. And then actually, I thought maybe that's a big challenge and uh, perhaps doomed to failure. For me personally, I thought I'd pick something that means something to me. This week, I was actually supposed to be getting married. No. And obviously, yeah, due to all of this, it's all been cancelled. We're meant to be having a week in Madrid. You know, that's probably one of the worst places you could be right now. So, uh, yes, it's all been postponed for six months. Um, so I thought I would choose something that we were going to be using during the ceremony. And it is uh, You've Got the Love by Florence and the Machine. Oh, that's a good song, but what this is a, this is turning into a tragic Steve Wright phone-in. Hang on a minute. So, what, <laughs> wait a minute. What is your fiance's name? It's Robin. Robin, uh, hello, sir. I'm so sorry that your your fiance is talking to me in the week that you should have got married, and I'm I'm so so sorry. Um, but you know, you've made the right decision. But oh, that what an awful story. Well, wow, it's one of those things, isn't it? You have to be it positive, is. and we're, it's just been postponed for now. That's all. So. Well, it'll my, be good when we eventually get there. In microcosm, there we have the entire situation right there. Well, good luck to you both. We'll catch up again soon. <laughs> Brilliant. Love you to see you, Andy. Thanks, Nadine. See you later. Thanks. Bye now. Bye. Okay, let's talk now to Tom Reynolds, who's the CEO of the Bathroom Manufacturers Association. It's a, obviously a broad trade body, but who cover lots of areas. His view on what's happening is very, very relevant. So, Tom, are you there? Hi, Andy. Hello, sir. How are you getting on? Not too bad, all things considered. Of course, working from home indoors uh, on a day like this when the sun is shining, it, it, it makes it all the all the harder. But uh, yeah, not too bad, all things considered. Well, that's very good to hear. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with the BMA, probably the kitchen side of things, obviously, can you just give us a quick overview of who you are and what you do? Uh, as the, the name suggests, Bathroom Manufacturers Association, we are the trade body for any company that makes products which go into the bathroom so the sanitary wear brassware shower products etc we also have associate members as well who are anyone else that doesn't qualify for full membership with an interest within the bathroom trade of which taylor's media is one indeed uh, uh, one of our very fine uh, affiliate uh, members of course say. of course thank you very much you crawler there's a few things we can touch on here and we will do but i want to start with what is the vibe what is the feeling you're getting back from your members about how things are going clearly it's an extremely difficult time order values have just dropped through the floor for obvious reasons in that the retail world has just completely closed down and construction is coming under increasing pressure to close down completely but although there are still some, some big projects ongoing which is helping the remaining kind of residual orders uh, that our members are getting in so yeah things are extremely difficult we are doing our bit for the national effort. So several bathroom manufacturers have been supplying products into the Nightingale hospitals, for instance, in the NHS. There's some good stories to tell there. Uh, and also an, a number of our members have volunteered to contribute to the, the government's call to get some assistance from manufacturers on ventilators as well. So um, certainly we're, we're attempting to contribute to the national effort, but times are tough. And are you getting a feeling of positivity from people that, that they see this as a short-term blip or are people being very pessimistic about what the future might hold? At the moment, people are undoubtedly in survival mode. So they're doing what they can to ensure that their cash flow is as stable as possible in their businesses and that there is a, a market to go back to afterwards. 
I get the sense that there is some, some optimism that providing the shutdown isn't for too long, providing by early summer the restrictions on social distancing are, are removed, actually we can recover in the, in the rest of the year. And yeah, it's not going to be a blinder of a year for, for any company. But the, actually there is going to be a recovery and there's going to be enthusiasm for people doing up their houses that they've been stuck inside for however many weeks. Now, you've been quite vocal, haven't you, uh, in some of the posts you've been putting up about companies that are staying open and carrying on supplying. Is that particularly aimed at those who believe that all construction companies are, are supplying construction jobs in people's houses as opposed to supplying critical essential services? Any crisis like this brings out the best of people. And it's in that in the, the community spirit that's, um, that's been shown and the people pulling together and, uh, you know, discussed this at length on the, the podcast before, haven't you, about how our kind of sector as a community is pulled together. But unfortunately, it also brings out the working people um, and social media being a classic um, media for people that are just absolute numpties coming out with nonsense without any understanding of the fact that social distancing can be implemented on construction sites. And some of these construction sites are essential. If you know, there is a housing crisis, which is undoubtedly exacerbating the severity of, of this outbreak because uh, of people being in close proximity to one another where they should have their own space. So we need to keep building to ensure that that crisis isn't prolonged and create issues for further, further future pandemics. And I think it, it is unfair for people to take to Twitter and hurl abuse at people for you know, just carrying on and keeping calm. And I, I think the government have done the right thing in Alok Sharma, the business secretary, wrote to the, the whole construction industry and said, look, thanks for your efforts. It is acknowledged by the government that this is the right thing to do and you can continue to work, providing you comply with PHEs, social distancing guidelines, and there were actually some further guidelines produced by the Construction Leadership Council as well. I think what a lot of people will hesitate to realise is what an enormous supply chain feeds into the NHS and of which the bathroom industry is a significant supplier supplier to that if you actually stop and think about how many taps there are in a hospital or whatever. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Andy. And, and one of the, the members in particular that has suffered quite a bit of abuse online was shipping san- uh, ceramic sanitary ware to the Excel Centre to, to fit out the, the Nightingale Hospital with the, the required kind of sanitation. Hand hygiene has been at the centre of how you, you deal with COVID-19 and reduce the, the spread of it by maintaining good high- hand hygiene. You can't do that unless you've got decent taps and basins in which to, to wash your hands. So yeah, we are a crucial industry and government to their credit have acknowledged that, but um, unfortunately as I said, it's brought out the, the worst people that aren't really prepared to listen to those slightly nuanced arguments. And one of the other things that uh, you've got a bit of a bee in your bonnet about, and I can quite frankly, believe me, I can understand why, is that not the supply chain of product, but the kind of cash flow chain that goes through the market as well. In other words, people should pay their bills on time. Yeah, quite. We've already said, haven't we, about how difficult times are in terms of reduction in order orders. But, you know, this is really the exacerbated by those companies within the supply chain, um, merchants and distributors principally, who are are asking for for renegotiated terms or outright refusing to pay their quarter one bills to the suppliers. Now, 
government has done all of the right things to increase liquidity within the construction supply chain. So it's wrong for companies that have got quite decent balance sheets, they're, they're cash-rich companies, to just sit on on money uh, and rather see it in their bank account than settling their, their obligations to suppliers. And you know, the upshot of this is hardship within manufacturing companies. It, it is going to mean that some of those companies are tipped into crisis when they needn't be. Our members have done the right thing in continuing to pay their suppliers because of the, the liquidity measures which have been introduced by the, by the government. Others should do the same. You know, this is supposed to be a national effort, and unfortunately, companies sitting on cash at this time is a national disgrace. Well, I guess it's the corporate equivalent of buying as many toilet rolls as you can, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. That's a very, very good uh, analogy. You kind of rightly pointed out, I'm, I'm quite angry about this one, and incandescent, because it's putting some of my members at risk when they really needn't be. I guess there's still a lot of question marks over the government loan schemes, aren't there? They, they need to ease or persuade the banks to be much more reasonable in, in their criteria for lending before lots of people start taking that up. They they do, and this is a, a frequent kind of topic for conversation on some of the, the CBI daily webinars that are taking place and um, have certainly formed part of our representation through, through the CBI uh, and direct debate. To credit, you know, to credit the government for the first time in my kind of trade association career, they are listening and listening quick um, to what industry is saying. So I, I think we can probably see some movement um, on on C bills over the, the, the next couple of weeks. Well, let's talk something a little bit more positive here, uh, particularly for the for the retail side of the audience, but uh, for everybody else as well. I think one of the the things I've been talking about a lot this week is that people have been gifted time. And people always complain that they haven't got time to do things, and now suddenly they're all sat at home with time on their hands, some of the day anyway. The opportunity there for doing online training for kind of professional development is clearly very prevalent, and the Bathroom Manufacturers Association do have its own uh, training, online training facility. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we have something called the Bathroom Academy, um, which Taylor is one of our sponsors for. Yes, we are. Which is um, a, an, an online platform um, been developed for, for several years and I must confess it's, it's not the, the shiniest of looking websites unlike our new BMA website just a little plug there but we've decided the content on that that bathroom academy is absolutely superb in terms of helping people to uh, improve their, their product knowledge across the full range of, of bathroom products given that people are at home uh, at the moment and you know that they do have some time we've decided to really heavily discount that during the, the COVID outbreak. So if, if any company within membership or, or outside of membership wants to, to benefit from that, they should get in touch. So give us an idea of some of the topics that you can learn on there. Yeah, so for manufacturers, it's particularly kind of aimed at customer service staff and, and sales staff to give them an overview and a good understanding of all the issues that they, they could face when talking about bathroom products within their, their job role. So you know, commissioning requirements, common faults, and things like that. And then for, for retailers, it, it's a help to them um, to give them an even better understanding of the products that they're selling and how they might perform in different environments. But it's generic and not specific to any brand, so it's really kind of an independent source of knowledge, if you like. 
it's, it's good stuff. I think you can get certificates and stuff that you print out, can't you, to sort of prove that you've done all these things. I think what this industry doesn't have in the way that, say, architects do, is this continual professional development requirement to stay working. The onus is entirely on the, on the individual or the company to train its staff in this way, but this is a fantastic resource to dip into every now and again just to keep your knowledge at the forefront of where it should be. Yeah, I think CPD does take place within the industry, doesn't it? But it's just not formalised in no. the same way that it is for, for specifiers and others. And really, the, the benefit of the bathroom academy, yeah, it, it's a great refresher on that knowledge that, that, that you may already have but have lost. But it's really about just giving you confidence in what you know. So we, we have six online modules with tests at the end of each one. And if you are successful across the six modules, then um, as you, you point out, Andy, you get a a certificate in bathroom studies and that just provides that additional bit of confidence and assurance to the company that you work for that yeah my knowledge is tipped up and you are allowed to do training during a furlough indeed yeah that's one of that 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 was a a, something which was clarified within about a week a week of the the scheme being launched wasn't it and um yeah it's a, a way for to cure the, the hours of boredom if you are stuck at home. Yes, and God knows we've got plenty of them right now. Look, Tom, thank you so much for sparing us a little bit of time today. It's been a really interesting insight into what's happening in that sector. But there is one important question. I'm sure you know what it's going to be right now. That is, Tom Reynolds, what is your deserted kitchen island disc? Uh, well, this is a tough one. Uh, I've gone for moving on up now by Primal Screen. Oh, right, that's a proper 90s it's nineties student song. Well, yeah, 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 the glory days. The, the end. It's all been downhill since then. I completely agree. Brilliant choice. <laughs> well done, you. Uh, and we'll catch up again soon, Tom. So thanks for your time. Cheers, Andy. Thanks, mate. Bye now. A big thank you to Nadine and Tom for their contributions today. Very interesting. I'm sure you'll agree. We'll be back very soon with another episode. But don't forget the lockdown special design competition. Go to kbbreview.com forward slash awards to download the brief and don't forget to check out our other kitchen and bathroom design podcast by searching kitchen and bathroom design in your podcast app or going to podcast.kbbreview.com see you next time